Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I've just read your bio, but Jenny and I met each other through the Breadwinner Energy Academy, where we were both students learning to grow our business. Um, So I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chelsea. I'm so excited to visit with you as well. (laughs) So I'd love for you to kick us off and tell us a little bit more about you and what inspired you to start your business. Thank you. So like Chelsea said, my name is Jenny and I'm a copywriter. And so basically when my I'm a mom of three girls, I had them in less than like three kids in less than four years, which was absolutely crazy. Um, And so I knew that as my daughters got older, I wanted to, I was stay at home mom, right? I was taking care of these little ones. That was my main priority. And as my kids started to get older, I was having pockets of time in my day where everyone was like napping at the same time and all those things. And I'd have like 20 minutes to myself where I was actually felt like I could, you know, kind of be myself again outside of just taking care of kids, find myself like scrolling Facebook or cleaning in a room or doing these things and feeling like I was filling that time, but I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And so I knew that I wanted something for my life. And I knew that it had to be something I could do from home, something that made a difference for others and something that I just really loved doing. So I had to check those three boxes and I literally made a list. Writing was at top of that list. I'd always been a good writer throughout like high school, college, my whole life, always loved writing. So I started pitching myself to local magazines. I moved up to be the editor of one of those magazines. So we told stories about community members and businesses and nonprofits and people in my local community. And I loved that job so much. And my favorite part was interviewing the business owners and telling their stories in the magazine because you can go into a shop you've gone into for the last 20 years, but the story of that business owner, like from where they started to where they got to be and just everything in between, it just fascinated me. I was like, more people need to know this stuff. And when we would write these stories in a magazine, the business would see like an uptick in traffic, which I thought was just so cool for small business. And so that really kind of naturally led to copywriting. People started to reach out and say, hey, I have this blog. I heard you write. Can you do this for me? I do not want to do it. Or I have this website or I have whatever thing. I'd say yes, because I knew enough to be dangerous. And then (laughs) I eventually realized, hey, this is copywriting. And I started taking every course that I could, getting all the education, training, coaching I could on it. And so really today, I'm a full-time copywriter. I write specifically for coaches, creative service providers, helping them to (laughs) double their sales and reach more perfect fit clients through email, sales page, and website copy. That's incredible. I love hearing people's stories. And I think I'm I'm jealous of that, that opportunity you had to interview all those uh, business owners. That's why one of the reasons I started this podcast is because I'm I'm also love hearing those stories and really get to share other people's expertise because they're so different from mine and I always get to learn. So that, that's so fun. And <laughs> I love your your copy. I love your newsletters. They're one of the, the things I look forward to to reading most. And I've learned so much from you as well. But I'd love to I always like to back it up, right? And, and words are important. So how do you define copy or what is 
copy if you are new to the online business world. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what is copywriting? What is copy? What does that mean? It just means any words that you use to talk about your work, right? So anything you use to, any words you use to connect with your clients, whether that's an Instagram caption, your website, emails, client communication, um, gosh, what are the other million things we write, Chelsea, sales pages, um, everything. If you start a business, you'll quickly, especially an online business, right? You'll quickly see, whoa, there's a lot of written communication. Even if you do a lot of video, you likely Mm -hmm. have some kind of script or something like that. So for me, copy is any words with the intent to connect your business to the clients who can benefit from your offer and services. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible how important this is, right? It, it really is everywhere in your business. So if you can get confident or comfortable and fast with it or hire someone else to help yeah. you with that, <laughs> it's going to exponentially help help your business out. So what's a normal... Like if you're going to work with a client, what's that process you walk them through to help understand the voice and vision of their company? Yeah, oh, that's such a great question. So if I work with a client, this is kind of the process I do to get the foundational elements, I guess, if you will, of their copy, right? The things that once they know these pieces, then they can take that and you know, infuse it into Instagram posts, into emails, websites, whatever you're writing. So this is what I walk clients through, but you can do this and like be your own copywriter as well, right? So one of the very first things we do um, or that you can do for yourself is market research. Not like, not even just like can do for yourself, like totally should do it for yourself. And so market research sounds scary and like, oh my gosh, a lot of work, but it's really not. It's a, um, the way I do it is a combination of phone interviews with past clients, current clients, or surveys. You can send out a survey in like Google Forms um, and just kind of like touching in with people and really asking specific questions. And we can link to this um, in the show notes. I have a free thing that walks you through like oh, all the market research questions I ask mm-hmm. um, and that you can ask too, <clears throat> to be your own copywriter. It also has the email templates when you ask people to fill out your surveys, all of that for you. So, but really what you're trying to do is kind of figure out why people chose you and why they came to you out of all their options and what prompted them to say yes and what benefits they've experienced from working with you and what they would say if they were recommending their names, your name to others. You really want to find out what alternatives people were considering before they worked with you. So you can kind of see like where people's thoughts are. And basically this market research knowing your audience really, really well will help you speak to them because copywriting is nothing if not a walk in your client's shoes, right? So if you're talking to people and saying stuff like, build your dream business, but what your clients are thinking they want is, I want to be able to leave my nine to five in the next six months with with at least 30K salary to support me. That's what I need, right? So really figuring out your client's words, how they would describe their their problems and, and struggles and what they want is basically the point of market research. So that's step one. And then after that, it's getting really clear on your offer. Um, and so I think one thing people can really get tied up in is like, I'm a, I'm a business coach. That's the what I do. But when you really get to know your offer at a deeper level to write copy, it's not just like what you do, but it's like how you do it. Right. So get very clear on like your process and your heart behind your work. What do you include in your offer that others leave out? And why does that benefit your clients? What do you leave out of your offer on purpose? Because it helps your clients that other people include. Mm -hmm. I'm just going really deep into the, the how you do what you do. 
um, and how that serves your, your clients. So once you kind of have those, the main thing is really, really knowing your target audience and what they're looking for when they come to you. And once you really know that person, copywriting, um, if we can get into this net, uh, a little later on too, but copy is just a conversation that, that you're having with them to help them make the best buying decision possible so that because they know exactly how you can help them. Yeah, I, I love that. And market research was something that I didn't do because I thought it was a lot of time and work. And, you know, it's just something it's so, I think it's so easy to skip. But when I really thought about it and, and someone else encouraged me to do it, you do get some really important nuggets. It's so important to take that time to look back and talk with your former clients and, as you said, use their words. Because we know what we're right, we're the experts. We know what we talk about. We know what copy means. But if our clients don't know that that's what they need, then it's really, really hard to to talk to them about it. So I love that. I think that's so important. And then also the the how versus the what too. It's really making sure that you they see that transformation and um, you have a a clear process. So again, something we can very easily skim over and skip through if we're not intentional about it. Yeah. And the market research thing can seem overwhelming. There's so many ways you can do it. You can even, so when I write for clients, I will ask them to send me like recordings of their discovery calls. So if you have discovery calls with people, whether you're a coach or service provider listening to that, record your discovery calls because people are going to tell you like what they need and why they want to hire you. That's market research. You're going to see common threads in that. If you have applications, if people fill out applications to work with you, go back through those, right? Go back through testimonials. Go to like Instagram pages of people in your industry, look at their content, see what people are asking them questions about, what people are saying in the comments, look up books, go to Amazon, look up books in your industry, see what people are saying in the reviews. There's there's so many ways to do market research. Just pick one or two and, and, and just start there. But really market research, honestly, is just fancy talk for listening to what, what your clients are saying. <laughs> a lot of good writing, especially for copywriting, is just listening. That's a really, really good point. And I think too, to think about the testimonials pieces, it's really important to ask, right? Our, our past clients probably mm-hmm. want to help us. If they had a good experience, then they're going to want to help and share their feedback and their, their answers to help you out and continue to grow. So don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, absolutely. I think in that freebie we're linking in the show notes, I have email templates in there for asking for the testimonial. Absolutely. But even um, there's wait, we can go into that if we want to. Yeah, talk about don't it. Want it actually. So I know it can be kind of weird sometimes to be like, hey, can you leave me a testimonial? <laughs> and you just like randomly reach out to people. So a few other ways that I've done it in my business and I've helped support clients to get testimonials um, as well is you can make them a prompt, right? So you can be like, can you just fill in this this prompt for me really, really quick? Like just with these words. So when I started working with Chelsea, I was feeling blank and we work together here and I do this blank and just have them fill in the blanks. Another, this is kind of usually surprises people. Another common practice for your testimonial gathering literally is like if you've worked with this client you know that like how they came to you what what they were struggling with like what transformation you gave to them write their testimonial for you for them write it for them and then send it to them be like hey i'm creating some customer testimonials i put this together based on our conversations are you okay with this like i swear nine times out of ten probably ten times out of ten people will be like oh yeah absolutely you save them time they don't have to write your testimonial yes you're taking words that you know from working with them. So that's another way you can go about it. Um, if you don't I, have to fill out a survey or get on a call or whatever. 
I love that. That's such a great idea because I I would love to just approve someone else versus having <laughs> yeah. to come up come up my own and tweak it and add. Because if I'm going to change anything, I'm probably just going to make it even sound even better for them, right? Because yeah. most people probably write more conservative about their own their own performance. So I would probably even boost it up and then just send it back. So that's a great idea for people to to take away. Yeah, yeah that's one of my favorites. It's like the easy button. <laughs> so once we've done the market research and we work with you to get clear on the offers, do you have prompts or questions that people can start asking themselves about their offers to make sure that they are thinking about the how that transformation happens? Yes. So one question that you can think about when you're being your own copywriter, trying to kind of really mine out the benefits and the transformation and, and making your offer stand out that I've seen be really powerful with my clients is think about your offer. Think about your clients when they come into your offer, what achievements, what success, whether that's a feeling like they're going to be more confident or a tangible, they're going to have a productivity blueprint or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Think about what success they're going to have within like three days of joining, like what are their immediate wins? Okay. And then think about like, I guess it depends on how long they work with you, but what about then keep going further three weeks from now when they sign up to work with you, what are their wins, right? Those tangible wins, those emotional wins. Think about their life six months from now. What successes are they seeing 12 months from now? Just kind of walk through every step. The minute they sign up, the minute they say yes, what wins are they going to have all the way, you know, depending how long you work with people all the way a year from now, what wins are they going to have? So that's a really, a really beautiful, beautiful place to start. Another place to start if you are being your own copywriter is to think about the most common objections you hear people bring up before they work with you, whether that's like, I'm not sure I have the time. I'm not sure I have the money. I'm not sure this is the right fit for me. Like whatever those common things are that you hear people bring up, think about those objections and then think about how you can bring some ease to that decision for them, right? Like how does your offer put, like how is it set up to build ease for those objections? So instead of like ignoring ignoring the elephant in the room, you're addressing it and you're, you're empathizing being like, hey, yes, you're right. This, you know, does take some time and here's how this program's set up to help you be successful with that. However you would bring ease around that. Um, let me think. There's another example I was going to give you as well. Oh, this is a really, this is a really good one. So Think about, like, literally imagine you're watching your client, like, in a film. They're in a movie, and you're watching them, and you're watching the moment when they decide, heck with it. Like, maybe they're thinking about working. They're, in, they're thinking about investing in, in coaching with you or working with you, but I could also invest over here. Maybe I could do it myself. I'm not really sure. Think about the moment, like, what's going on in their life that they finally are like, that is it. I am saying yes, like I can take it no more. I need this. So one of my recent clients is a like a, a breastfeeding and a birth coach for women. And so like for her, that looked like the woman going into that prenatal appointment and and being like, you know what, this is no one's listening to me. I cannot take this anymore. I need I need I'm saying yes to that coaching program I saw on Facebook because I need to be heard. So just really what what are they seeing, hearing in that moment where they're like, what are they feeling in that moment too? Where are they? Literally, if you're watching their life unfold, that makes them say yes, so that you can paint that picture back to them so they can really be like, whoa, this person understands me and (laughs) this is exactly what I'm going through and they're here to help. Yeah, I love that. And I think that those questions are so, so powerful. It got me kind of already thinking about my clients and, and kind of painting that picture. 
And I think it's also a little bit nicer than I feel like pain point marketing is all, is like kind of thrown around a lot. And I, I don't know, I resist that because I don't want it to be all like doom and gloom and I'm the only thing that can help. Right. And so it's really about that, that transformation, right? Like what's going to be that, that tipping point where they're inspired to get started and working with you and then that, how you can help them. So I think that's a real, those are really, really powerful question. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah, you're welcome. And that's that. I'm glad you brought that up because thinking about talking about pain points and doom and gloom about it is something that I hear a lot. And I, I feel it a lot too. When I write for clients, I just think my clients are incredible. And I will just like, no, you are incredible. Your <laughs> offer is the best and only solution. And I will get that on the page. But when I do it for myself, I feel all those things that you're saying as well. And I just want you and listeners to know how common that is. And to know that addressing pain points in your copy is important. It's not like you have to like dig the knife, in, but you do have to start the story of where your clients, where your clients are at so that they know they're a fit. One way to do it is to, you could come in and like, think about three things that they've tried to do in the past to see success that haven't worked and then present your solution. Right. Or you could come in and think about like three myths they think that are going to get them from A to B, but aren't actually working and how your solution will. So and to have confidence that your offer is the only one for them. Um, I mean, that's so woo-woo, but it, it's 100% true. You've got to write your copy like it is going to change somebody's life because that's how it will come across to have that confidence behind it. And I know it's really easier said than done, um, but that might be literally one of the most important things you can do is believe in your offer and, and the transformation it provides. And that's something I we all work on like on a daily basis. <laughs> is keeping up with that, you know, confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And having that come through in your copy, because as you mentioned, there are, there are always, I always joke that there are lots of other productivity coaches and people. So, so people buy from people, they want to see you and trust you and like you. And they're going to get that by reading your copy and, and hearing your voice. And so that actually brings me to a question that I, I think about a lot when I'm writing is how do we make sure that we get our personality into our copy because I'm, I always feel like I'm, you know, it's easy to talk to people. It's easy to kind of sh- for me, it's a little bit easier to, to talk and show up on video, but when I'm going to write it, I, it doesn't always translate. So how do we really get our personality out on the page? Yeah, me too. So oftentimes when I sit down to write, I will, it's like you get that editor on your shoulder, right? Like I picture like an editor in like New York with a red pen. Who's just like, don't say that. What are you thinking? You sound ridiculous. And so if when you sit down to write for your business, you get those feelings too. Like this sounds this sounds ridiculous. Nobody's going to read this. I what am I even saying? Just know that that's normal, and the only way that I've ever found through it is is literally through it. So to write through it, I will. Um, so a couple couple ways to answer your question. I will set a timer for like fifteen minutes or whatever time block you have. And I will just free write. And I will let myself, like, if you could see the things I write, it's misspelled. It's sloppy. Some of it makes no sense and will never be like seen. Um, but I allow myself to get my ideas out first. And then I will come back in and edit and add the, you know, they call it the hook, the night, the catchy headline at the top and all of those things. So my best piece of advice there really is to allow yourself to write first edit later because it's just different brain space. I think a lot of us are trying to write and edit thing and make it pretty at the same time. Um, you really have to separate your creative artist from your editor. Um, another thing to get your brand voice on it is we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but 
having that confidence to be yourself. Like, don't be afraid. If you're spicy, don't be afraid to try different things. Again, I when I write for my clients, I will usually go go big first. And if they tell me, oh, that's a little too bold and big for me, then we'll rein it in. But go big first because it's fun and people want to like get to know you, right? They want your voice. I also read everything I write. I also um, read it out loud to make sure that it sounds like me. So read everything you write out loud. And if you prefer to speak, use a voice recording app, speak out loud what you want to say. I use one called Temi. It's T-E-M-I. You can transcribe things for like a couple cents. It's like super cheap. Um, So say what you want to say, get the transcription and then go through and edit it up and make it pretty. But don't be just don't be afraid and allow yourself the permission to write without editing, I think are key there. Yeah, I love that. And it's, it makes me think too, of how much that may help if you're struggling with perfectionism, right? Because it's, it's that feeling of trying to get it perfect on the first try. And so if you give yourself that space Mm -hmm. to, to get all the ideas out there, to let it be a little bit messy or misspelled or Mm -hmm. out of order, then go back and edit and and catch those things and, and adjust it accordingly. But we also need to like overcorrect either because one thing that's really cool about the online space and, and your newsletters and your business is that you you kind of get to make the rules, right? So mm-hmm. using things like emojis or extra parentheses, right? Like we get to use all of those things to add personality and, and pizzazz into our email. Right? We're not writing research papers here. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to follow all of the, you know, all of the quote unquote rules. Um, oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I I was a magazine editor, but like my work like the worst part of that job was editing because for <laughs> me I do not write like I'll use ellipses and M dashes and caps and like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. You can write how you speak. So I really truly believe that. <laughs> yeah. I saw a great post today actually. It was um I don't remember exactly where I saw it, but it was all of my right the, the quote was all of my writing has parentheses because everything has bonus it's because all bonus content yeah <laughs> and I find myself doing that quite a bit so mm-hmm. because like every thought gets bonus content and that was a thought that was really that was a really funny meme and so true right like it's again it's, if we were having a conversation with our friend there would be little tangents there would be little side stories and so we want to be talking with our clients like they're our friends, right? And, and that we're getting to know them and showing off who we are. So don't be afraid to add some pizzazz in. Absolutely. Yeah. Just talk, just write to people the same way you'd speak to them if you were having coffee or sitting down together to, to chat. You can just be yourself. Yeah. When you're working with clients, what else are they maybe intimidated by or nervous about before they get started with this process? I think... A lot of clients are nervous about actually like closing the sale, right? So they know they're really good at what they do and they really believe in their program and their program is really, really good. And that's kind of where the job of the copywriter comes in because a lot of clients are very like they know their program so well and they kind of... and. It's not their fault. Like we all do this. When I write copy for my business, I have a copywriting coach who reads everything I write and who helps me. So like you can get really stuck um, in not believing in yourself. And also you can get really stuck in kind of that you're really talking about what, like what your offer is all the time. You get this bonus, 
get this module and the price is going up tomorrow. And here's what every single thing that you, Mm -hmm. you get, like every single workbook and all those things. They talk about those things. We talk about those things program because we're kind of nervous to put a promise on it, which is what our clients really want to know is like, what is the outcome? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what, like what, what am I going to learn here exactly? And what is the outcome and who is it for? So I think a lot of times we can struggle because we help a lot of different clients with a lot of different things, trying to talk to everybody, trying to tell them everything our program does when it's actually, and it's a lot harder. It seems like it should be easier, but it's a lot harder to pick that one person and that one offer promise for them. And so when I help people do this, I kind of, I'm like, okay, we help a lot of different clients, but the a main rule in copywriting is the rule of one. We're always writing to one person. We have one main idea and, and one call to action with everything. So if you're not sure who that one person is, then it's like, okay, who is your best client then? <laughs> not like all your clients, but let's write to your best client, like the client you want to work with the most, like your best case scenario, we're going to write to that person. And what's the best case scenario outcome for this person, right? Like we're going to write to that because that's who we want to work with more. And we want to talk to them on their level about what's going on in their mind, what they're hoping to achieve. So I think maybe that's, that's a big struggle is really finding that promise and then, and then getting behind it. And we can talk about other, other ways to do that too, if you'd like. Yeah, I, I want you to go back and say the the rule of one. You said one person, mm-hmm. one call to action. What was the other? So rule of one: everything you write, you're this is this goes for Instagram, email, everything. One, you're writing to one person. You have like one main idea, like one topic, mm-hmm. and you're giving them one call to action. And if it helps, start with what's the call to action? What do I? I see this a lot in email. People are can be like. Join my Facebook group and also listen. I'm speaking over here today and uh, like we just give a lot of things, which yeah. is okay because we have a lot of things going on. But start with like the rule, like the rule of one. Always go back to that. Like, what is my one call to action? Like, what do I, I really want mostly people to go to the Facebook group today? Okay. We're going to reverse engineer it back up. I love that. And I was like ducking when you said that because I feel like my emails <laughs> are the opposite always. And so that's such a good reminder for me. I'm probably going to have to make that a post it note and keep it handy. Um, and also it feels less intimidating, Mm -hmm. right? Like if feel like, again, if you're going to be your own copywriter and you just have to write to one person that definitely feels less overwhelming than trying to talk to your audience, whatever the size is there. So I, I like that idea of, oh, I'm just, you know, emailing to one, one client, letting Mm -hmm. them know what's going on. I know. And I know it can be hard because I mean, it's hard for me to, again, I have a copywriting coach you know, helps me with it too. But it's like, but when I leave out this other person, I also can really help this other scenario. But it doesn't mean those people won't still follow you and book you. Like, I feel like you will get more inquiries, even if you are just talking to one specific ideal client, because they can feel your confidence and that you're like, I know I can help people do this. Mm -hmm. And they might not check every single box, but they feel that energy. And they're like, they actually, they have like a solid promise. They're telling me exactly what they do. I'm going to reach out and see if I can fit in here too. You know? Yes. I always say when we talk about ideal clients in Broadway Energy Academy, I'm always saying like, you, you're not, you're not excluding anyone. When we, when we identify an ideal client, we're not excluding anybody. We're just making sure we're talking to the, to the right person. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not, I think people get so scared of the same thing you just said that 
oh, well, what if this person or what I could also help this kind of person. And it, it doesn't mean that they won't come to you. It's just for the purposes of creating that content, really getting into the mind of that one person is really powerful. So I also wanted to say with that too, something that I was just thinking is, I mean, I recently, one of my clients that I write for, she was just telling me it took her like seven years to really find her niche in the photography world. And that really hit home for me too. Cause I think this like whole thing of finding your ideal client or one person we think we're supposed to like, like answer a questionnaire and know that or something. But for me, it has not been that way. Uh, it has only been through working with people. Every client you work with, I think you get a little more clear on what you want to do and who your ideal client is. Um, so I just want listeners to know that if you're like, but I don't really know who my ideal client is, just go with what you do know. Like go with those traits about that person you loved working with. Just start there and keep talking to that person. And it's just going to keep like developing um, over time. I, don't, I really don't believe it's like an overnight thing for me. Anyway, oh, it's never been that way. Thank you for saying that. I feel like everybody just took a big sigh of relief. Um, <laughs> and it, and it does, it takes, and it takes time and it can change too, mm-hmm. right? Like your, your business is going to evolve. You're going to work on something that you really love to do and want to lean in on that more. So give yourself that, that space and that grace to figure it out. Absolutely. Love that. All right, like a a more practical kind of question. If someone's going to try to be their own copywriter, how can they start writing more efficiently? Do you mean with tricks to just make it go a little bit faster? Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's like the golden question, right? Like, how can I write this thing the least amount of time possible? So I think just, yes. So going back to everything we've already talked about, Mm -hmm. taking the time to really have those foundational elements in place of knowing your offer, um, knowing your ideal client really, really well, doing the free writing thing, making sure you're giving yourself space to create like ideas, like topics, and then giving yourself space to write and then giving yourself space to edit um, has been really helpful to me. Get support of a coach, whatever, Mm -hmm. hire a copywriter, have somebody who can read over your things and help you. Literally everything I write for my clients and for my own business goes through eyes of other copywriters because it's just um, like outside views looking in can always help. Maybe the most important thing is to maybe not believe the myths out there that you can create a month worth of content in an hour, whatever you hear. Um, For me, I honestly, I believe writing content takes time. And one of the most, I bought a copywriting program. I don't think she has it anymore. Her name is Christine Blumblah. And she taught you how to write social media captions, particularly. And she would be like, you're going to need about four hours a week to write your social media captions for the week. And that blew my mind because before that, I thought I was supposed to be able to write like three email newsletters, four social media posts, a blog, maybe a podcast script, like all that, like you're likely trying to squeeze so much copy out of like an hour and it's just not possible. So just start with what you can do and the time that you can, that you do have and know that that's enough. And I know Chelsea, you're, you're the expert on this more than me probably, but repurposing, just repurpose. Mm-hmm. I always just start, I write an email and then literally I will screenshot that email and put it on my Instagram stories. I am that lazy. So, like, <laughs> um, so you just, just repurpose things anywhere you can. What you're writing in email can go on Instagram. What you write in a blog can go on Instagram, on email, right? This interview you and I are doing together can, I could take snippets out of it and make it into slides, get support in that in your business. If you need to a virtual assistant to help you repurpose content, something like that. Um, and document when in doubt, just document. I think too, another pressure thing is you think like every time you sit down to write, you have to write like a beautiful Ted talk with mind blowing information. But if you're creating content, sometimes you can just document what you're learning, what you're doing, how things are going, a client experience, 
things like that. So hopefully that gives people some tips. I think mostly it's just having your expectations that creating really good copy and content is CEO work. And yeah, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy you said that, that all of those yeah, it takes a month, a month worth of content and hour. Cause we've all seen those, like we've absolutely gotten that use this spreadsheet, use this template and it's going to change your whole life. And mm-hmm. I think it falls under a lot of the, the kind of false promises we're seeing, we see in the online space and which is, it's just not fair. And it can be very intimidating, especially if you're newer to business to think that you're doing it wrong because it's taking you a little bit of extra time. So I love all the ideas that you share. I'll add on a few that I have been, that's been really helpful for me is I save emails that are really inspiring to me. And so I have a folder And if I read really cool copy, if I like love someone's format, I save it all because then when I'm really stuck or can't, you know, can't quite come up with what I want to talk about next, I can go back and say like, oh man, that was a really great, that was a really great quote. Let me see what I can, how I can use that to inspire my next piece of work. Obviously we don't want to copy anything, but just use it to inspire. And then I'm constantly emailing myself or putting in my notes, like I'll come up with a random subject line will pop into my head or as I'm talking with a client or doing a potential uh, a sales call, I'll like jot down the the questions or a subject line that I could use. And sometimes it's just a matter of brain dumping a bunch of subject lines and then going back in and filling out what the actual content is. So those, those have been really helpful for me as I'm starting to write more and more. I love that. Those are such great tips. Like the story bank, right? Like, so mm-hmm. on your phone or in your Google Doc or ever, like, at, before you close your computer at the end of the day, what did you learn? What happened today? Anything that stuck out to you? Write it down, put it in there. And then when you're going to write the email or the social media post and you're like, I don't know what to say today, like you said, go back through like those little brain dumps you gave yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So good. The behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. just the process of you building your business is going to build that trust with potential clients because they see that you're a real person doing the work to support them. So don't be afraid to just use that stuff too. Mm -hmm. So give people people a little bit of tip on the, a little bit of inside scoop there. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, in, in the last bit of the podcast, I always like to talk about people's personal productivity. So I'd love for you to walk us through, you know, a normal day or week in your life and what tools you use to stay on task. Oh no, this might be embarrassing, Chelsea. (laughs) to pitch me your services when we get off this interview (laughs) okay so oh my gosh so my typical week I have a uh, on Sundays I will take a notebook I will write down everything that I need to do for the week everything everything kids stuff work stuff I'm a I'm a coach I coach cross country and track at the high school level and that's always going on appointments everything my work and personal life write that all down in a notebook then I will get out my calendar and I will put all those things in there for the week when they're going to get done. And that includes like working out, grocery shopping, all those things, because I just need it. I just feel better when I know they have a little slot on my calendar. A huge challenge I have with that is I will overbook my calendar to the max. So I'm <laughs> learning that my calendar needs more margin. So I, I do that. I don't know if the answer to your question tools I use. Not a lot. I, I have a Trello board. I have a Trello board uh, that I keep track with uh, someone that helps me to with my podcast. I have a podcast, so we keep track of everything there in Trello. Not going to lie. She does most of that. I'm terrible. 
Um, I have a sauna. I use a sauna for every client project that comes in. I just have a like a template in a sauna where I just copy and paste. So I remember to send thank you cards, send this email, um, let the client know what's going on at this step in the project. So I, I do do that. But really, it's a paper calendar and a notebook and me. Yeah. That's great. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's a great answer. I, 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 I mean, I follow a very, very similar structure um, with oh, okay. the big, the big brain dump, and then mapping it all out for the week. And mm-hmm. I'm such a paper pen nerd that I have to, I print out the calendar. I don't use a, like a calendar. No, I, I do print too. It out mm-hmm. And then, and then fill it in because I, my calendar has to remain digital or I will a thousand percent overbook myself. Um, so, so that combination has worked really well for me. So I love hearing that other people have found success with that too. Yeah. And I think the brain dump, the brain dumper that just that spending time getting everything out of your head is so important so that you don't feel overwhelmed later on, right? Because you trust that it's all in one spot. It's been captured. It doesn't need to stay in your head and it has a spot on your calendar for this week or next week or whenever it's appropriate for that, that thing to get done. So that sounds like a great approach, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think I just thought of one little thing too. Is I kind of use a, I don't know what you call it, like a, a flow or like a bullet journal in a way. Mm-hmm. So I have like marketing tasks. I have like six things that I think are my marketing tasks for my business, and I dedicate an hour every day to marketing my own business. And so instead of being like Tuesday is podcast day, Wednesday is content day. I will just go and flow. Like today I did podcast pitching. Tomorrow there's a snow day. My kids were home. So I didn't get Wednesday, like the Wednesday marketing task done. I just pick it back up on Thursday. And I just like, instead of giving things days, I give them a flow. I just move from one thing to the next. If life comes up, that's okay. That is life. Tomorrow we'll pick back up. And we just kind of keep, I keep rotating through things that way as well. That has really taken the pressure off of me to always be like, but it's Wednesday and I didn't do my Wednesday marketing thing. It's just, it's a flow of yes. these six things and they happen as they happen. So I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's really good. And, and that margin is important. And I'm also happy to hear that, you know, the, the exercising and the self-care and the grocery store, like all that stuff gets put on the calendar too. Cause it's so easy to just get sucked into to business all the time and to working all the time. For sure. I have a couple of rapid fire questions as we wrap up and then I'll have you share where everybody can find you. Are you a morning person or a night person? Uh, I am a morning person. I definitely work better in the morning. That's not to say I like love getting up in the morning, but my, yeah, I'm definitely more with it in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We kind of already answered this, but paper and pen are all digital. Yeah. Paper and pen. I'm old. Yeah, I'm like I love paper seven pen. years old. <laughs> yeah. Paper and pen. Paper and pen. <laughs> love it. Yep. Um, and what is your favorite way to relax? Favorite way to relax is to wake up in the morning and do like my journaling and my, my prayers and my meditating and to read my books at night and those little tent poles throughout the day. I have a, just different, like just little check-ins with myself. I walk my dog at noon, like just little tiny things that I do throughout the day to come back to who I am and to keep that confidence and stuff like that. All those things. Yeah. Cool. And you're also a runner. So I don't know if that's a relaxing. I am a runner. <laughs> I don't know if that's a relaxing yes. for you, but it definitely is when I, when I run regularly. Yeah. Yes. You're a runner too. I know. Yes. Running has been such a uh, important part of my life. Absolutely. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, Jenny, well, where can people find you to get their, 
that all amazing resources that you offer and follow along with your your work. Thank you, Chelsea. Yeah, so I'm at JennyRothCopywriting.com is my website. My Instagram handle is the same at JennyRothCopywriting. Um, I have a podcast. Chelsea will be on there. It's called Above the Bar Copy. And we can leave a link for your listeners to in the show notes. I have a list of free email subject lines. It's like um, 50 email subject lines that'll get you a 40% or higher open rate. So if you're a business coach or service provider wanting to write some emails faster, <laughs> that might be one way to help you. Um, yeah. So that's the places you can find me. Perfect. I have that, those free subject lines. Tab, a tabbed pin right now Ooh, in my girl. Thank you. I do. I do. I, I love your stuff. It's been powerful. My welcome sequence was inspired by the one you provide. So it's been lovely to to get to know you and, and to enjoy the work and benefit from all the stuff that you do. So thank you so much. Thank you. I feel the same. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.